Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. Today is Friday, the 18th day of September 2020, the day after Constitution Day. That is a day set aside each year to remember and honor the U.S. Constitution. May it rest in peace. Here at the Castle family, we're doing just fine this week, enjoying the cooler weather kicked up by Hurricane Sally, which just came ashore down in the Gulf, the family daughter, getting back into living in a first world country, which has modern marvels such as a machine that dries your clothes, a nice bed, a real bathtub. It is good to live in such a wonderful country once you've been away from it. It's easier to appreciate it. Today, we turn our attention to the subject of normal. What is normal? Whatever normal is, will we ever see it again? For purposes of our discussion, let's say that normal is whatever existed for you prior to the date the virus and the government's reaction to it tore apart our world. People ask me from time to time, when do you think this will all be over? My answer is always the same. When we have a vaccine, a more truthful answer would be never. It will never be over, but most people are not ready for that answer. That is what I believe, however. We will never return to normal. But why depress people with the truth? I could be wrong, of course. Normal could be just around the corner. I don't think so. But I hope and pray that I am wrong. If normal is as simple as a vaccine, when will one be ready? Right now, there are about 35 companies Working around the clock to be the first company to have an approved vaccine, the profits for that company will be enormous. Investors are aware of that. All the publicly traded companies' stock prices are booming. The losers will eventually crash, but the winners will continue to make people very rich. It usually takes many years, perhaps a decade, to develop a vaccine. But these companies are tasked with doing it in only a few months, which implies a fast-track approval. One of these companies is the British firm AstraZeneca, which is working in conjunction with Oxford University and is currently conducting vaccine trials. The other day, one of their test subjects developed, quote, serious neurological symptoms and was hospitalized. The last report I was able to get said that the patient is still in the hospital with, well, no one needs to know exactly what he has. Brain damage, perhaps, maybe. But they're playing it close to the vest. The FDA admitted that the results were disturbing, but AstraZeneca denies that their vaccine caused a problem. The company suspended work for three days, but it's back in full swing now, I believe, some of these companies competing for the first vaccine are not ones experienced with vaccines. Apparently, have not made vaccines before. What happens if their vaccines are approved and you allow them to eject it into your arm? Perhaps nothing, nothing more than you will become immune to the COVID-19 virus. What if the vaccine is somehow defective or contains some ingredient that permanently injures you? What if it gives you brain damage or renders you susceptible to an autoimmune disease or any number of other conditions and or diseases. What then is your recourse against a manufacturer of the vaccine? The answer is none, nothing. As in zero, you have no recourse against a manufacturer because the manufacturers are immune by federal law 
from any lawsuit for the damage they may cause. The federal government has agreed with the manufacturers that they are so vital to the public health that they should be immune, immune from the damage they cause. Both the federal government and the manufacturers know that a significant number of people who are vaccinated will have permanent life-altering reactions to the vaccine. The lawsuits would be won by the plaintiff in these cases. The jury verdicts would be enough to cause the companies to get out of the vaccine business so they have been immunized like their vaccines are supposed to do for us. Are there any remedies at all for injured people? Yes, there are. The federal government has established two vaccine courts to hear the cases. One is in Atlanta, the other is in Los Angeles. Should the injured plaintiff prevail at the vaccine court level and be awarded damages, the money is paid from taxpayer funds, not from the manufacturers. The other oddity about the vaccine courts is that it is almost impossible to prevail without an experienced attorney. But you are not allowed to pay the attorney, and the attorney is not permitted to take a contingency fee should he prevail. Only the court can decide what, if anything, the attorney should be paid. The attorney must travel to either Atlanta or Los Angeles at his own expense, remain there during the pendency of the trial, and just hope. The court decides to pay him. What is the purpose of that charade? To deprive injured people of counsel, of course. That's the purpose. And thus to save money and to hold down the numbers of successful cases. Mr. Bill Gates, his toady, Tony Fauci, and the government all want us vaccinated. That's an obvious fact. Recent polls have revealed that only 42% of people at this time are willing to accept the vaccine for the COVID virus. I'm sure the propaganda surrounding an acceptable and approved vaccine will raise that percentage, but the fact remains that a great many do not want to take the vaccine. I had some people at my house the other day, visitors having dinner with my wife and I, they're leaders among this community. They asked me if the government could legally force us to take the vaccine. My answer is that there is Supreme Court precedent for making a vaccine mandatory. The case of Jacobson versus Massachusetts decided by the United States Supreme Court about 115 years ago held that the state has the power to make vaccination mandatory. Mr. Jacobson, the plaintiff in that case refused a vaccine that the state had declared mandatory. He was fined $5. In today's money, that would be about $140. If that case applies, then yes, the state can make acceptance mandatory, but that involves a penalty such as a small fine. In today's world, I would expect a very different form of coercion than just a simple fine. Perhaps no doctor, nurse, or hospital would be permitted to treat you or would be willing to treat you for anything. Denial of permission to enter any government building along with denial of permission to fly on an airplane or use any other public transportation. Denial of the renewal of your driver's license or other actions which now require a license or a permit. Denial of passport or cancellation of your existing Passport. Those are all coercive measures, measures that I can foresee being brought to bear against dissidents who refuse the vaccine, even with all that power exerted against citizens by the government. 
Mandatory and forced are two different things. A driver's license is mandatory, but it is not forced. No government agency forces you to get a license to drive. They just make it far easier on you if you do. I have seen talk of law enforcement showing up at your door to either vaccinate you or forcibly take you to a doctor who does it. Constitutional attorney Alan Dershowitz believes that under the authority of protecting public health, that would be legal for the government to do. He's wrong about that. He's wrong. He misinterpreted this Jacobson case. That is apparently confusing. Mandatory and forced are two different things. The Constitution has very little hold over the government these days. I suspect that in the post-virus world, it will have no hold at all. I've seen estimates from those who are supposed to know about these things that it will take 60 to 80 percent of the population vaccinated to eventually reach that herd immunity. I don't know if that's true or not, folks, but I do know it will be difficult to get to that number given the climate of today. The world seems to be changing. People are starting to open up to understand it's not that terrible anymore. Now, I want to go off script for a minute, meaning these next few words are not in the transcript, and that is recently the mayor of Nashville, the capital city of my state, it was revealed through a, a uh, report by Fox 17 television, a secret email from the mayor, several secret emails, as a matter of fact, from our Dem Democrat mayor, John Cooper, within his administration, said that in June of this year, only 27 positive cases of the virus came out of Nashville restaurants and bars, while thousands came from other areas, primarily nursing homes. Why would the mayor then keep the city locked down? He said this was, report was not for public consumption. He did not want the public to know that there were virtually no cases coming out of bars and restaurants. Well, he wants his totalitarian utopia to exist, I guess. He wants that power. Now we're back on the record again. The plan seems to be a worldwide exercise in government control. Everybody across the world locks down at the same time. The rare independent, such as Sweden, does not lock down. As a result, Sweden suffers less than their completely locked down neighbors. Here in America, states of harsh lockdowns, such as California, New York, suffer worse conditions than South Dakota with no lockdown at all. What is the long-term intent of those people and organizations who insist that we be vaccinated no matter what? For the answer to that, I defer to our old friend, Bill Sardi. Quote, the globalist, globalist will let nothing stand in the way of their objectives to eradicate borders, erase history and culture, antiquate and replace religion via technology, immortality via artificial intelligence, eliminate free enterprise and destroy the economies of the world, individual livelihoods in order to coerce the world to beg for relief, for vaccines and for a global currency via a single world governance led by arrogant, unelected elites whose godless technocratic transhuman worldview will be forced on 7.8 billion souls or else you or your kids will be taken to quarantine camps. So quickly, the fear of God has been replaced by the instilled fear of COVID. 
What is so unexpected is that the almost universal voluntary compliance with this out-in-the-open overthrow of modern society operating under the banner of equality, the masses have largely volunteered to comply, end quote. What if people refuse to voluntarily comply? You don't have to worry about that. The New York Times tells us they have the answer ready and waiting for us. The government will simply pay us to take the vaccine. How much is it worth for me to let the government and its elites put something that is potentially poison into my bloodstream? $1,000, the New York Times tells us. That's right, $1,000 per person to take this poison. That would cost $300 billion which is pocket change for today's government. Now, that $300 billion is for a one-time vaccination of the entire population. Our friend Mr. Gates and his toady, Tony Fauci, tell us that it could take two to three vaccinations. The Times also knows that when we see how this subsidy solved the COVID crisis, this subsidy meaning the $1,000 per person, we will submit to a carbon tax to solve the crisis of climate change. Now, as you know, I try to save the best for last. Today's no exception. In a recent press conference, Bill and Melinda Gates, the high priest and priestess of the new messianic global system, when told that people were starting to recover from their fear of COVID, said simply, quote, the next one will get their attention, end quote. Melinda just smiled about that, that demonic smile that she has. What did he, what did Mr. Gates mean by that? Is there a new strain scheduled for disbursement? No one asked them, so we will just have to wait and see what Bill and Melinda have in store for us. Finally, folks, I don't say this with any joy, but it seems to me that this government, together with the worldwide elite, are not going to let the world just relax and recover, not ever. Right now, there are a lot more of us than there are of them, so why do we put up with it? I'm afraid too many of us are ignorant. We perish for lack of knowledge. At least that's the way I see it, folks. Until next time, this is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.